0: so we're going to start in Exodus chapter 33. Now, everybody in their mind, whenever I say there's a big announcement, we're like a family. And this is like the proverbial Christmas present where you're shaking the box and you all think you know what it is. I think I know what it is. It's, you know, and and sometimes when you create an expectation, you might be let down by that expectation. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever thought it was something good? I was on Isaiah Saldivar's podcast and I debuted his new system and I showed my socks for three seconds on accident and the whole world put me on blast for having dirty socks. <laughs> Devil is a liar. And you know why they were dirty? Because I was working all day trying to help my friend debut his podcast set up and then somebody from our church bought me socks, praise God. <laughs> but I say that because we're going to jump into vision today, and I've got six announcements. All six of them are very significant for this house, and I believe that even if you're here because you like good gossip, I got all the gossipers that come to church on Sunday. They were like, big announcement, what is it? I haven't been to church in months, but I love me some good gossip, and they'll probably cut the live stream so we don't even get to hear it, so we got to go. But today I'm going to give you six announcements, they're all very significant, but I'm also believing in faith that a big, big announcement is on its way. Okay, so I'm going to give you six announcements at the tail end of this message, and also we're going to do communion corporately together. So Exodus chapter 33, it starts with this conversation between Moses and God. And they're having this dialogue. And I want to tell you what God said to Moses. I'm going to take the first couple of scriptures and break them down to the extent that it could turn into like a 40 minute sermon. But I won't do that because I got some announcements to make. But just suffice it to say, there is a lot packed in a very small uh, space in your Bible. So the Lord said to Moses, depart. Everybody say depart. Go up from here, you and the people to whom uh, you have brought up and out of the land of Egypt to the land, which I have swore to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob saying to your offspring, I will give it. So everybody just say that word depart one more time. Depart. Okay, so let's just start by this. The Lord said depart okay you're gonna have to kill this Disney vision of coming up with your own idea and saying I'm gonna go because I want to go there come on there's no blessing on escape there's a blessing on departing when God said to depart they oh so come on somebody there's so many Christians that know that God told them not to move but they're moving but there's such a blessing on the word depart when God says depart and see for many of you God is calling you out of a season he's calling you he's saying, depart out of your grieving, depart out of your constant complaining, depart out of your bad attitude, depart out of your stories of church hurt. For some of you, it's depart depart from the place of your old revival, because you've made an idol out of what God did, and he's not even there anymore. But God will give a word, depart. Somebody say depart. As a church, I am calling us to depart into the next era. I'm calling every single one of you, I, I don't care what jersey you wear, take it off and put the V1 jersey on if you're going to stay after this. I don't care what denomination you claim. Take that jersey off and put a V1 church jersey on. I don't care how bad your former pastor was. Stop talking about him. And if you said the name Jesus as many times as you said the name of your former pastor, you'd actually go to the next level. I'm saying depart. (laughs) Depart go up from there god's doing something and the re- this this sermon is the biggest compliment i can give you because you're the legend god wants to use you in a great way he says depart and go up for them you and the people to whom god has brought you out of the land of egypt now look what it says you and the people everybody say the people Your calling is bigger than you. That's why God saved you even while you were in sin because your calling is bigger than you. It's about the people you're connected to. That's why even when you didn't accept God, even when you abandoned God, God still drew you back. He still wooed you back to his presence because what's on your life is bigger than you. That makes you not important and very important at the same time. It's the paradox of importance. It means it's not about you but it's about you because it's about many other people. God lifted up David, the Bible says, for the sake of Israel. And so God will lift you up. Some of you are like, woe is me. Why will God ever use me? He will use you on behalf of everyone else like you and they will draw strength from your story. I'm telling you, there's something about your story that connects with someone else. There's something about your pain that connects with their pain. And so therefore, God will lift you up for the sake of the people. So get over yourself and honor yourself at the same time oh that's a good word because you got some preachers they preach you're nothing and that's too that's too binary and other preachers say oh you're everything and that's self-help but there's a paradox of purpose that says it's both understand that god is raising you up but for the sake of his people Oh, hey, Rebe, Shane I'm going to get this word down in the inside of every single one of you because I'm not trying to build audiences. I'm trying to build an army in this place, and we need an army, and an army, come on. You don't get to pick when the fight comes to you, but you choose how you act in the fight, and there's something happening right now, and God's preparing you, and we're going to take this thing. Okay, so it says, I brought you to the land to which I swore Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Everybody say Generations. It's about you. It's about the people and it's about generations. It's about you. It's about the people. It's about generations. It's about you. It's about the people. It's about generations. It's not a healthy church. If nobody over 30 is ever on the stage. We have ageism in the church. We have ageism in the church. Okay. We got racism in churches. I'm calling it what it is. It's generational. It's diverse. It's multi ethnic. The Lord told me on the way to Visalia, uh, California, I ministered to almost ten thousand people over the week, and it was amazing. Thank you for loaning me out to the body of Christ. But I got—I was on this three-hour drive from. Um, LA to Visalia. And the Lord said, I'm going to give your daughter, Bella, a vision. And when she, when she receives the vision, just confirm it. And I said, well, I don't know if that's the Lord telling me that, but you know, I experiment prophetically all the time. All of a sudden we get to Visalia. There's over 4,000 people in this place. And Visalia is the equivalency to Portage or the equivalency to right here in Amityville. It's not really that significant. You know what I'm saying? It's not a major city. And so, uh, all of a sudden we get there is over 4,000 and people. And my daughter comes to me and she's like, dad, when we were on, on, on the drive here, I got this crazy vision. I don't know what to do with it. And I mean, the fear of God came over me. Now, all the speakers on the bill, were all, you know, middle-aged, you know, we're all, you know, whatever. And the Lord speaks to me and says, ask your daughter to come up in front of all these people, 4,000 people and say the vision. My daughter got up there 16 years old with confidence. And she said, in California, I saw a huge crack open up. And out of that crack came millions and millions of ants. And those ants represent the people of God who've been in hiding, who, who believe the fullness of what God can do. And she said, and the ants are beginning to disperse over California. And every, and she said, and California will be saved. She's like, everybody say it with me. Cal, and the whole place, 4,000, and California will be saved. And then she handed me the mic. She's like, did I do All right. <laughs> But why do I say that? Because the prophet Joel said, In the last days, I will pour out my spirit among all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. It's got to be multi generational, or God is not doing it. All right, verse two. I told you it's going to be a lot in verse one. I will send. Okay, let's just say that phrase I will send. Okay, this is God, I will send an angel before you, and then another I will, this is a promise, I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, come on, the Jebusites, and the rest of them. Now what God is saying is if I tell you to go, if I tell you to depart, I will get up ahead of you. There will be angelic protection and provision for you. Some of you guys are living so natural-minded that you entertained an angel unaware already. Some of you have already had convert youth. You're going to think I'm, I'm losing my mind. You're going to think I'm... It's gotten to the point where our Christianity is so weak and so compromised and so diluted in America that if I tell you I had an encounter with an angel, you think I'm crazy. But in the first century church, it was normal. And I'm here to tell you, God, when he's called to people to do something significant, he will assign angels to help. You are not alone. The servant came out and looked a second time and saw that there was this great army of angels more than he could even count when God is using you to prophetically fight battles over nations he will release angels on your behalf to begin to fight for you and some of you guys are sitting there like you're not living in one of the darkest times in human history you've got more slaves being bought sold and exchanged today than ever before in the history of the world you've got people dying every day murdering babies by the millions i'm telling you it's dark right now but i got good news for you we don't fight alone there are angels warring with us there are angels manifesting in physical reality i'm telling you i got stories i don't care if you believe but if you're not doing something important you don't need an angel but if you start contending with territories you're gonna need some backup and it's about time v1 church accepts the reality that we might need some angelic support to do this thing You're about to hear some stories. I don't care. Call me crazy. Just to to become a Christian, you have to believe that a teenage virgin named Mary conceived a baby and he didn't lack any chromosomes, even though his his dad was God, a spirit. So if you're going to get in on that level of crazy, go all the way. You know, isn't it stupid how we pick what level of the super? Oh, now we're talking about angels. You're already in on a virgin birth, you dummy. You're already in on that. Go full atheist because God said, if you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. I'd rather many of you leave. And I'd say at least now they have integrity to the dumb things they believe. Some of you are like, but Pastor Mike, my friends are going to think I lost my mind. You tell them, I did lose my mind for the sake of Christ. When I was in my mind, I was anxiety-ridden and full of fear. When I was in my mind, I had depression. When I was in my mind, I had trauma from the past. But I lost my mind, and I got the mind of Jesus Christ, and I never want to find my mind. I don't care where my mind is, because my mind can't get me to where he destined me to go. I have lost my mind. I'm about to be crazy for him. Hey, hey, come on, somebody. What form of crazy you want to be? I just, I'll choose the kind of crazy where you wake up feeling better the next day. I will send an angel before you. That's all just from that line. (laughs) Listen, that's what I do. I'm a preacher, y'all. And I will drive out. Now, that term drive out, I'm going to give you a revelation. That's a deliverance term. See, to dispossess. So in order to possess land, you must dispossess. Matter of fact, ex below is the Greek word that is used for driving out demons. And it's a military term that means to grab and forcibly throw out an occupying army. So this is a old covenant form of deliverance. It says the Lord says I will drive out the Canaanites. Now listen, some of you have Canaanite spirits in you right now. So oh, ancient spirits, Amorite spirits on the inside of you, Hittites on the inside. So now new covenant in order to dispossess in order to possess the land, we must dispossess it. That's why deliverance is going mainstream. And I want to tell you this. We are not a deliverance ministry. We are a gospel preaching ministry. But wherever the gospel is being declared and lost people are being saved, demons will be exercised and they will be removed. And matter of fact, let me just say this about deliverance. You know, if you're deficient in vitamin D, they don't just give you a little bit of vitamin D. They give you 10,000 units of it because sometimes when you're deficient in something, it must come in a greater measure to restore store it back to homeostasis. And so if you're like why is deliverance happening? Why is it so important? Because the body of Christ has been led by pastors who needed deliverance for so long that deliverance never happened. The body of Christ has been led by churches that demons love to attend. And so God is bringing a wave of deliverance as a rebuke to the body of Christ. And sometimes you got to get 10,000 units of deliverance just to get it back to normal in the church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That last one was the flesh, though. (laughs) It's just if you were given a New Testament on a deserted island all by yourself without any televisions or Internet or radio and you read it, you would not draw the conclusion to do what you've been doing in your churches the last 30 years. If you, if you were given the New Testament without any outside influence, you'd be speaking in tongues. You'd be praying for the, the dead to be raised. You'd be casting out demons. And you would be living with holiness and righteousness. What happened? I'll tell you what's about to happen. We're departing. We're leaving American, broken, compromised Christianity behind, comfortable, never sacrificing, have it your way when you want it, how you want it, fast food, crank it out. Come on, somebody. Uh, Listen, we're leaving that behind and we are moving towards this next thing where it's time to depart. I will send an angel before you. I'll drive them out. Verse three, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but this is the most important. But I will not. So it's I will, I will, I will. Then we get a condition. Let me just say this. You do not want to have lived your life and to find that you are successful by the world standard, but a failure by God's. You do not want to actually stand before the throne of God in judgment and realize that you are successful at the wrong assignment. (laughs) You will not be a mother when you stand before God, but you will be judged for how you mothered. You will not be a father, but you will be judged for how you fathered. I will not be a pastor. There comes a moment where I, but I will be judged for how I pastored. And we have to get back. Some of you say that's works based. No, you're not understanding. It's the reality of the high calling that's upon the life of a believer, and if you are truly empowered by the Holy Spirit, that power shouldn't just make you speak in tongues. It should stop making you cuss everybody out, too. That same power is not just power to heal the sick. It's power for you to live sober and stop cutting. Come on, somebody. It's that same power that works in you doesn't make you a Jedi. It should make you holy and pure, and that it's a refiner's fire. And so why do I say that? Because he's saying, I will not go up among you lest I consume you on the way for you're a stiff necked people. It's conditional. God's saying, you could go try to do your own thing. You will be successful, but you will be successful in your own plan or you can proceed with my plan, but I'm so holy, I cannot go out with you. I can send an angel to do it, but I can't send myself because you'll die if you experience my glory with that level of pride in your life. So the Lord begins to deal with Moses. Now, let me just say this, y'all. I love you. Do you all know I love you? Okay, that was not convincing. (laughs) I don't know how loud it was in Indiana, but it got real quiet here. The New Yorker's like, write me a check and I'll know. <laughs> Rent's do. And I'm telling you this, because I love you. Pride comes in many forms. Now I'm going to do surgery on you, so just stay still while I cut you. <laughs> if you are always walking around moping, you understand that's also Pride. Because you, even when you say, I don't want any attention, you want, you're actually provoking somebody to pay attention. That's called false humility. Yes. So it's also pride. So when you go around saying, Well, God can't use me, and you've heard a hundred sermons about the blood of Jesus and how he can empower you, you're operating in pride. Pride comes in many forms. If you'll go out to the club or to the bar or whatever, or I looked in your refrigerator and saw how many bottles of wine you're rocking or whatever. Hey, no judgment. Maybe you do a lot of communion. (laughs) But I could show you how you have no problem connecting your wallet and your finances to physical objects. And there's a form of pride that comes over when you're like, I can't believe this church is asking me for money. It's a form of pride because those multinational companies never asked you to be addicted and to give them your health and your, your sober mind. And you just willfully hand it over. So we all, that's what I'm saying with you, operate in some degree of pride. I want to talk about attitude and you don't hear these sermons a lot, but this sermon's going to offend you all the way up to your next level attitude because God is saying, Moses, you're ready, but the people aren't ready. It's possible that Mike's ready, but y'all aren't ready. And that's why this, this sermon is important. We have to go together. We have to do this together. If you don't come, I failed. If you don't come, I failed. We cannot do this separate. And what I've learned is that there's a level of surrenderness in my life that if I cannot disciple it into you as your spiritual father, I you're holding me back. Yeah. So Moses heard God say, I can't go with, I can't, I will do this, I will do this, I will do, but I will not go with you because the people are stiff-necked. And that starts with me, repenting and dealing with that pride. But let me talk about attitude because this is Vision Sunday and I'm about to make six huge announcements, but I'm preparing our hearts for what God wants to do. I will not have a church where there is attitude of we are doing worship but there's factions within the worship team. I don't like this leader. I don't like when this person plays. That person's not my flavor. Well, that person was Jesus' flavor when he outstretched his arms and died on the cross for him. And if you are spiritual family, you hear what I'm saying? I will not have factions on production teams. I will not have complainers, backbiters, murmurers. I, I'm not, come on somebody, I'm not like that. And what I'm saying is God wants to drive our church forward, but it is gonna demand humility. And what humility says is sometimes you hear something being announced. I'm not going to go to that thing. I got some other plan. Well, your plans have you broke, busted, and disgusted, and you keep doing your plans. If you want to get something different, do something different. And so we've got to humble ourselves and say, maybe I do need to attend. Maybe I do need to be there. I told another pastor, it's common to see me at my own altar. How many of you have seen me do it? At my own altar, receiving covering of prayer from my own people. Because if I can't attend the church that I lead at, my soul will be lost so who are you so this is what i'm saying and i told you i was going to do some surgery attitude the lord wants to move in your attitude can i just tell you every big name pastor that i've talked to in the last year already knows i exist and already knows our church exists they already watch our live stream they already listen to our podcast the world is watching and it's your turn now to show them what god wants to do through you it's a big responsibility. There's parachurch ministries. There's solo church guys that don't have a pastor running around. You know how unusual it is to flow with this level of authority in the kingdom? We carry the authority of a parachurch and a church and a solo minister all at the same time in one house. And we are, I don't know if you guys know this. But Barna Research and the different researchers have come out and they said that 2023 will be a record number of resignations of pastors and a record numbers of churches closing their door. But every single one of our lobbies have people sitting in the lobby. But what will happen is if you don't align your attitude, when the documentary comes out, you'll end up playing the villain instead of the hero. And you'll be the person who said it couldn't happen. And you'll be the person who said it wasn't good enough. And you'll be the person who said it was wrong and they don't know what they're doing and this and this and this. And you'll look back 20 or 30 years from now if the Lord tarries and you'll see that there was a second Jesus movement and there was a global revival and you spent time talking garbage about me, about the leaders, about people, and nothing here was ever good enough. But then 20, 30 years from now, children that are children now will be adults watching the footage from this time saying, I wish I could be in the building when they were doing the ministry of deliverance. wish I could be there for the revivals. And you'll be like, I was there, but because of my attitude, I missed it. I know I'm preaching hard, but you want me to tell you, I got one more leadership thing before I go back to Exodus 33. Can I tell you a secret? The same people who constantly evaluate things and criticize them do that in their marriage and never have a happy marriage. The same people criticize and are, always have a bad attitude. They do it at work and they never enjoy their career and they never achieve greatness. See, the thing is, guys, my wife's really messed up. <laughs> it's hard being married to someone perfect and then imperfect. I'm just kidding. Y'all know it's me. <laughs> but the thing is, I could constantly nitpick and criticize Julie But when I was dating her, I had the rose colored glasses on that said, man, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And I love her so much. It was the same woman. The only thing that changed was my perspective. It's the same church. You got lost people on this altar giving up drugs. They they, they stopped pornography weeks ago. They're finally getting free. Their, Their marriage is being restored in a connect group. And someone else is like, oh, it's all right. I'm thinking about visiting this other church. Who's right? Both of them. Because the 10 spies who didn't believe Canaan could can be taken died and never did. And the two that did believe went. So all 12 of them were right. So I want to align our attitude because there's a shift that's happening. And I'm, I'm looking out at a whole crowd right now. We are defying all the odds. The average weekly attendance in New York City and Long Island is 30 people a week in a local church. Do you guys know that? 30 people a week. So what is this? This is Revival. This is a move of God. It's why I spit when I preach. (laughs) I know you see it. I see it. (laughs) Number one, vision should always be connected to God's voice. Number two, when God tells you to go, he always sends protection ahead of you. Number three, God's vision is conditional. I'm going to say it again. Number one, vision should always be connected to God's voice. Guys, I thought I was going to be a famous musician. None of you have ever even seen me play a guitar. There was favor and there was grace on me doing what I'm doing right now. David played a harp in in the king's court, but he was destined for something else. Sometimes you got to kill the false vision to become king. Number two, when God tells you to go, he always sends protection up ahead of you. There was protection for my family in New York. It got up ahead of me. Matter of fact, we own a building in Indiana with a whole school attached to it. There was protection and provision in Indiana while they were loading in and loading out of a bar every single Sunday. Number three, God's vision, but it is conditional. Listen, what do I mean by that? Guys, hear me, 99% surrender is 100% disobedience. He wants all of you, all of your mind, all of your will, all of your emotions. He wants it all. And so God's vision is conditional. So now Moses, it got real quiet because everybody's churning this over in their spirit. Moses now is saying, okay, I have an opportunity to talk with God. Back in this time before Jesus, In Moses' life, there was actually like a cloud that would uh, would form in front of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and there would be this cloud that would form and Moses was able to dialogue with God. So I'm gonna show you the conversation that happens with God right now and then this sermon's over. And then I'm gonna give you the big announcement. So all of a sudden... When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned. Oh, I I have the wrong attitude. I'm stiff-necked. I'm prideful. I'm about to miss it. For the Lord said to Moses, to the people of Israel, you're stiff-necked. If for a single moment, I should go up among you. God says, I would consume you. Now take off all your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. So, So, okay, man, I'm just getting such a prophetic revelation. Take off all of your ornaments so I will know what to do with you. Each one of you are wearing ornaments in the spiritual realm and the Lord says, take it off. Ornaments, I'm a Pentecostal. Ornament, I'm a Catholic. Ornament, I come from this country. Ornament, I'm this color. Ornament, I'm this, I'm this. The Lord's take it all off so I know what to do with you. Sometimes you can dress yourself in ornaments that the Lord did not dress you in and the Lord's trying to push past all of that. Take off your ornaments so I know what to do with you. Therefore, the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, God, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, God, please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. God, teach me your ways that I might know you. God, teach me your ways. God, I've learned America's ways show me your ways. Some of you are thinking, I need another relationship and that person to endorse me, to elevate me to the next level. But it's God, I want to know you so that your favor is on my life. Some of you are trying to DM the famous pastors and if you would take that time and put it in the prayer closet, get to know God that the favor of God might be. Some of you remember me preaching in the movie theater to 40 people every week. I didn't care who knew me. I wanted some people to know Jesus and I wanted to know my God and the Lord will put a favor on you that causes you to go viral you hear what I'm saying then he says something that this is the end of my sermon this is the last line this is the mic drop and he said my presence will go with you and I will give you rest but here's what verse 15 says and he said to him if your presence will not go with me do not bring us up from here God, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. God, I'm not doing another thing unless I know your presence moves with me. Oh God, I'm not taking our church into another season, another Sunday without knowing your your presence is with me. See, there is something inside of Moses that said, God, I need to know that you're with me. I want to tell you as a church, I'm not going to do it because it's trendy. I'm not going to do it because it's viral. I'm not going to do it because somebody else is doing it. I want to know that God is with this church. And when you know that you got the presence of God, I might call an all-night prayer vigil, and I want to see if we got people in the lobby overflow then. Um, I'm telling you, I want to know that God is with me. This world doesn't need another soft, lukewarm church. It needs a church that rises up in authority and says, God, we want to be carriers of your presence. Listen, every church has got production. Every church has lights. Every church has LED walls. Every church has a camera. Every preacher is eloquent because they steal each other's sermons on YouTube. But I won't move forward unless I know that God is with me. God is your presence with me. Somebody stand up your feet if you believe this with me right now. Somebody across every location. God, I won't take another step. Some of you, you signed up for college. God never told you to do that. The world pressured you to do it. You gotta say, I'm not taking another class unless I know God is with me now. Some of you, all some of you live in a region and the Lord's gonna rearrange you because you went there out of escape and the Lord's gonna call you back. Some of you step out inside of a church that you shouldn't have been in the Lord said you know what I told you to do we've got to get this thing in our spirit that says God if you don't go with me I won't go I won't go God if you don't go with me I won't go God if I can't look and see that you're here I don't want to go oh I feel the presence of the Lord do you guys feel it do you feel it the end of you is the beginning of god the end of your strength is the conversion to his strength the end of your peace is the beginning of everlasting peace the oh come on somebody i'm speaking right you god's trying this is the shift and he's saying moses i will go out before you i will drive them out i will find some of you righteously relationships will end righteously there's some of you that have been trying and trying and trying and the lord says don't try anymore let it go i will fight this on your behalf i will get you into this next season and you will experience my glory this is a season of joining together and a season of separation but having a bad attitude talking and gossiping complaining across all campuses this is the only and final warning that you'll get before you're forcibly removed because I need Gideon's army to do what God's called me to do and I want to see who's drinking from the brook while watching up everybody looking down those were the complainers, the gossipers those who were selfish people but the people looking up were vigilant they were ready, they were there and I'm telling you this church has a high calling on it and I'm not talking about me I'm talking about you God wants to use you, why? Smith Wigglesworth was a plumber. If you're watching this right now, and you're a plumber, he had to be a plumber for a season because it was every other blue collar man that said, man, a guy like Smith could actually raise the dead because he believed. And so plumbers that believe can do miracles. If you're a carpenter, if you're a home, if stay at home mom, come on whatever you are the lord is not trying to call you to leave your job he's calling you to bring him into it and say if your presence is not does not go with me into this job i'm not god i've got to make sure i think about evelyn she didn't stop being a nurse but when this pandemic happened she showed the world what it looks like for a nurse to bring god into that hospital come on I i asked her for permission to post that video i put a fire preaching clip on the back side of it within two days kanye west took my preaching clip off posted the thing me and Ye are still beefing right now but that but the nurses praying in in new york city during the pandemic went revival went went viral to show revival not because she quit being a nurse but because she started bringing god's presence into being a nurse So that this, our church, must become a church that carries his presence in every space that we abide and say, God, I don't want to go back home to my living room unless you're meeting me in this place, God. I can't step into these different places until I know you're there. And then when that happens, we become the virus that's more contagious than any other virus. You can't even get close to somebody without getting a virus. What if they get close to you and the Holy Spirit begins to work on the inside of them? And all of a sudden they begin to ask you, what must I do to be saved? Because it's so powerful on you. We're getting ready to do communion in a few moments as a church. And you know what communion is, Julie? Communion is saying the same blood that forgives me. And washes me clean is the same blood that forgives and washes you clean. This is a communion of unity. The same body that was broken is a body that was broken for me. And God gave me a revelation about communion that when you ingest that, just a wafer, just a small part, you actually receive the entire body of Christ, which means you can be healed in every area you need to be healed because you receive the fullness of the DNA of Jesus. How powerful is that? When we receive that blood, that blood has not lost its power. So right now, as we're preparing for communion, I want to make some big announcements. I got six of them. And um, we're just going to celebrate together. Can we just celebrate together as I read them? As a church, all of these are so big and they're in no particular order. Actually, it was very difficult to even put it down because it forced an order, but they're all equally important. You guys saw that last year, I I personally tapped my savings. I did a self-published book. I hit four number one statuses on Amazon, which is amazing. And then since then, I've sold over 10,000 copies of that book. But you also know that I've been giving this book away for free. If you go to chaosdeclarity.com, it's just a print on demand. And I haven't really made that much money even off the books because I felt like it was a discipleship tool from our house. And I was just being faithful. I didn't have any publishers reaching out to me. Nobody cared. And I just said, God, you told me to write it. I'm going to write it. And if you haven't read it and I'm your pastor, the Lord rebuke you. (laughs) But the reason why I say that is because All of a sudden, I had the three biggest publishers in Christianity literally fighting over me to publish my next book. And so I'm so excited to announce this is just a big announcement for our house because it represents something spiritually. I've accepted a two-book deal with Chosen Books, which is amazing. Which means that I'll now share the same publisher as David Wilkerson, Derek Prince, Heidi Baker, Lou Engle, John Eckhart, Jensen Franklin, and many of the generals of old. Come on, that's something to celebrate. When you put your name next to those names as we make his name famous, and I believe that the era of the cross and the switchblade is back, I believe the era of they shall expel demons is back, and, and literally this is one of the largest Christian publishers on the planet, and your pastor are going to be next to Jensen Franklin. But the reason why I say that is because there are messages that must get into the earth. And they said, we don't ever even do this, but we don't want to sign you for a one book deal. We want to start with a two book deal because we believe so much about how God's going to get your voice out there. The book that I've already started on the manuscript, and I'm going to be turning it in in several months, is called Inheriting Your Freedom. And it's going to be about breaking through every generational thing on your life to inherit freedom. Okay, this is probably a huge, huge announcement, but let me, before you guys put the picture up, don't put it up yet. So when we first launched this church and it's so surreal to now be in what was a bar and now we turned into a church and then we took in Indiana, we we actually were in a bar for a season and then we now have our own building right down the street from where Julie and I were ordained and so we started in a regal movie theater. And I remember back in the day getting this prophetic word from this woman and she said, I actually see not just the church in the movie theater meeting to have church, but I actually see the church on the theater screen. And as she prophesied this, well, there's a guy that had been reaching out, just saying, I want mentorship. I want fellowship. I need accountability in my life. I want to grow. This man's name is Greg Locke. He's highly controversial, and I'm, I'm just being keeping it 100. You know, there's a lot of people because he took the stances he took politically that claimed he was white supremacist and racist and this and this and this. And so there's a lot of controversy around him. When he had reached out to me, it kind of felt like Nicodemus in the middle of the night. And I talked to my other demon slayer friends and between me, Pagani, you know, Vlad, Isaiah, these other guys, we had all had just said, I don't think we need to touch him. We get canceled all on our own and we're not even bad. We're not even doing nothing. And so, but then a couple of weeks later, the Lord divinely spoke to me and said, Mike, I'm doing something very real in his heart and his life and you need to step in his direction and you need to begin to work with him. So I reached out to Greg and I said, listen, I don't want to do an event with you. I don't want to share social media clout. Matter of fact, I just want to keep this between us because the truth is you scare all of us and that's saying a lot, but I'm willing to mentor you and work with you. And we begin to have dialogue. Then all of a sudden we sent two spies out, Isaiah Saldivar and Vlad, and they went to go preach at his church. And we said, you all see it, me and Pagani said, we're New Yorkers, we can't be taking risks like that. So me and Alexander Pagani, Apostle Pagani, we said, we'll just wait here, you all tell us how it is. So they came back and they said, guys, it's real. What's happening in his heart, it's not about politics anymore, he's completely changed and there's something happening. And so with that, during New Year's Eve, I went there and the Lord told me I had like an Apostle Philip assignment because they were a cessationist Baptist church that didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. So the Lord said, I'm on assignment. They know the baptism of John and water, but bring the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. So I took over 5,000 people through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, New Year's Eve, under his tent. At the same time, he had a movie company, months before that come to him and said, we wanna do this film, but we wanna but it, well, we want to follow your political journey and all the, all the controversy. And he went back to them, he said, listen, I truly believe that the only reason why God built this platform, it was never about politics. It was always about deliverance. And what he said was, um, there was a little girl that was manifesting a demon in a baptismal. And he could not, as a powerful Baptist preacher, with years of experience, 3 million followers online in a huge tent with thousands of people meeting, he could not cast that demon out of that little girl. That night, he said he was so tormented and he felt so much guilt and shame. He said, seminary didn't help, nothing helped me. And he said, I need to change, I need. and he was broken by God. And so now from that point on, they've been doing deliverance services every Sunday night for over a year and a half straight underneath that tent in Nashville. And so the movie, he went to the movie company and said, if you all wanna do a movie about deliverance, I'm in. But if you wanna talk about politics, I'm out. So they came back and they said, you know what, we'll do it. So then once they said yes, he said, we we can't have the movie without Mike Signorelli and without Vlad and Isaiah and Pagani. And so they begin to interview us and have us for portions of that. And so that's why, um, and this is a big announcement for our house. People have thought we were crazy. People have thought that we lost our mind, but there is a national movie coming out. Come on. It's called Come Out in Jesus' Name. How many of you know the world's been coming out? It's time for us to come out. The Deliverer is here. Jesus saves, and we're coming out. So this, check this out. 2000 Regal theaters, AMC and Sinmark across the United States are debuting this movie Monday, March 13th and we sold out the Regal theater where we launched this church within 1 hour. Do y'all re- Do some of you remember going to that building? Yes. We're going to be sitting in there together as a church now watching. And so the other thing is there's a theater in Michigan City, Indiana that we are taking over. And then because we already filled up the Long Island, we are filling up a Midtown Manhattan Theater as well. And we'll keep if you want to get tickets, just get them fast because they're going out like crazy. The URL is come And it'll show you all to I was scrolling through Astoria, all the the, the locations. I mean this is. All over New York City Long Island Deer Park I mean everywhere But I want us to watch the movie together And it's going to be crazy Okay I got another announcement Wednesday April 26th the Send, which is Lou Engle and all of that crew, Francis Chan, all those guys, they comprise this organization called The Send. They do stadium events all over the United States. And we've been in relationship. We've been connecting for the last year or so. They brought me out to Kona. I've been developing a relationship with them. And it all culminated to them feeling called to do an event in New York City. We had a lot of issues with venues. Finally, after the last door closed, I said, let's take all the chairs out and let's just flood the Brooklyn Monarch and let Let's have home court advantage and do the event where we have a campus and so here's the thing wednesday april 26th at the brooklyn monarch we have lindy from the circuit riders jonathan stamper from black voices movement and aniola from upper room joining and making a worship super group where we are going to throw down in new york city and come on i said for years and years the bible belt's coming to us and now we are fulfilling it come on I don't know if you enjoy upper room worship, they're coming. Come on, Jonathan Stamper, the upper room, come on, or um, Black Voices Movement. And then we've got Lindy from Circuit Riders, and then a to be determined guest speaker that's coming. Francis Chan was busy. I said, well, that's, you're, you're losing out, bro. <laughs> I got another announcement, it's so amazing. We, we, you guys saw as the breakers went viral and over 6,000 people were trained in ministry. So we've been wrestling with God. How do we steward this apostolic mantle where we are now training the kingdom? What do we do? And we've been wrestling with V1 Conference because I've been prophesying stadiums. Have I not? I don't know if you know this, but Nassau Coliseum is becoming a casino now. And so I was like, God, I've been saying Nassau Coliseum for years. Like how am I even gonna fulfill that with people pulling slots while we're trying to preach? But then the Lord started shifting my focus And I got a phone call from Jeremiah Johnson. He's a prolific prophetic voice. And he called me and he was like, Mike, he's like, the Lord gave me this word. And amongst other things he said, he was like, set your focus on New Jersey because there's favor in New Jersey. He didn't even know that I had just secured a New Jersey venue. So there's two venues and we need to pray as a church. This is why I was preaching so hard because right now we're gonna switch over the V1 conference. It is now gonna be called the Breakers Conference. Come on, a V1 conference, but it's the Breakers coming together from around the world, and this year, so we're taking a two-year journey to the stadium. Heather has been working so hard. We tentatively got this, you know the stadium in New Jersey? Y'all know the stadium in New Jersey by the airport? They tentatively told us, if you want to do an event, we will give it to you for an event. So the door is wide open, but we told them we're not ready yet. We're going to do one more year before the stadium. So that's why I'm announcing right now that July 15th, July 15th in New Jersey at the Wellmont Theater, we are doing the second V1 conference titled The Breakers. We're going to have the original OG Demon Slayers. Isaiah Saldivar said, I'm coming. I'm ready. He's fired up. He's like, when is July coming? Vlad's going to be back for it. And we're going to have an interactive experience with Apostle Pagani. And so that means, but here's the thing. 2023 the wellmont theater 2024 the stadium the door is wide open okay i got a couple more y'all still with me these are our last two big announcements i've been taking v1 miami on a journey I, that last trip that i went there was to qualify them for the next steps and so i'm so excited to announce that v1 miami is taking the next steps as of today But here's the thing, across all of our campuses, in your V1 Church mobile app is a sign-up to find out about joining the team. And some of you, when you receive that word, depart, and this is, you know, when we saw Chase and Haley Fleeman on the screen here in New York, it pulled my heartstrings because we shared so many memories with them, but then there came a point where the Lord told them, depart, go to Indiana. The Lord may be calling some of you at each one of our campuses and watching online to move to Miami. And we're gonna be doing presentations soon where we bring the people up who are gonna be moving to Miami across our campuses and we're gonna sow them like a seed into that region. If you guys saw the last event we did, hundreds of people showing up. We were prophesying to the city of Miami. We went to a high point and we were speaking to Miami, dead bones rise. And so right now, the Lord, and I know it's heavy in the room because the Lord might be telling you it's time to depart. I remember Evan Wilson. He came to me before my family moves to to New York, and he said, Pastor Mike, I feel called to go to New York. I said, Evan, you're a teenager. You're crazy. They'll eat you alive out there. They got rats the size of cats, and you know, it's hard. And you know, Evan was obedient to that call, and I'll never forget him driving away. He moved here, but the Lord said, depart. He ended up living in missionary housing. And that was where Evan, today's a divine appointment because now all these years later, he has a family and this is the very first service that his baby Easton is at this service. Don't touch him or, you know, just look at him, stay away. You know, when you put that netting on so nobody messes with your baby and they still peel it back and you're like, what do you have no common sense? Don't touch my baby. So, but but I say that because Evan, the Lord said depart. I remember I remember wanting to control it and be like, but I love Evan and Evan's so young and it's New York City and I. But I remember the Lord saying, don't you dare be the Holy Spirit for him. I told Evan to go; he'll be all right. And Lord, thank you; he was all right. But here's why I say that: I can't be the Holy Spirit for you. But if the Lord's calling you to Miami. It's a holy, sacred call. And we're going to come behind you because in the DNA of this church was men like Chase and Haley, men like Chase, not Haley, she's not a man. (laughs) Men like Chase and his wife Haley, who also came. There's something in the DNA of our church of being sent, making major sacrifices, which leads me to my last and final announcement. We are debuting Mission V1 now. As of right now, applications are open if you are called to be a missionary. The Lord has been burdening me this for years and years, saying that he was gonna use me and my team to actually oversee people who are called to missionary work. Now, we've already done mission trips for the last seven years. This will include missions trips, opportunities for you to explore, opportunities to, for you to see. But I've been having long conversations with Florian and uh, Florian's gonna be leading that, that department of our church. He's He's been very significant in helping me unlock regions and Florian has fruit that remains. But here's the thing, me and him had a brutal conversation. Originally, I was only gonna announce Toronto, Canada. And then as I was talking to Florian, I said, I know that there's at least one person that's supposed to move to Western Ukraine. So if you go to this church and you've been, fi- you've been feeling called, maybe it's your whole family. And this is a holy thing. For some of you, this is going in one ear and out the other. It's not a big deal. But there are going to be people who are hearing me talk right now. And this moment in our service, they will tell this story for the rest of their life. They will tell this story to their children of when God divinely called them. And I just have to make it okay for us to do this, okay? So if the Lord's calling you to Western Ukraine, you might be like, I've never even heard of Western Ukraine. I've never been there. But there are holy moments where the Lord will say yes. I remember when Florian came into my living room when I lived in Chesterton, Indiana, and he showed me a stack of pictures of orphan children and he said, and he brought a $5 pizza. And he, I didn't know he was trying to manipulate me, but even God will use that, you know? And he was saying, Pastor Mike, doesn't this break your heart? We've got to go to Ukraine because he carried a burden for these people. And it opened up, I, I don't have any business in Ukraine, but the Lord said, who will go? And I get to Ukraine and I look at this building with David its harp etched into it and it was called a puppet theater and I said we're supposed to go in that theater and we're supposed to do revivals all the pastors of that region they were in shock and they said what did he just say I said we're supposed to go into that and do revival they said no one has been in here to do revival the last person who came and said that same thing was Derek Prince and if you don't know who that is he's like the grandfather of the deliverance movement so it's like I was connecting into something bigger. And so if you're called to missions work, you don't have to go somewhere else. You can do it through V1. If you feel called to short-term missions projects, something I didn't announce last service, but I want to say it now, and we're going to do communion, As the Lord began to put on my heart last year disaster relief. You may not know this, but I started in an organization called V1 Community Impact years ago. And um, it's been functioning. And we had a mission called Operation Impact, which we are still very intimately connected to. And we're scaling that cr- like crazy. But I believe that V1 is gonna position ourselves this year to be first responders to things that happen in the earth. And I believe that in addition to Toronto and Western Ukraine, many of you will journey to places as disasters come and you will bring the gospel and you'll be the hands and feet of Jesus to clothe and to feed and to help them. So right now those are our six major announcements and as we go into movie theaters and we sit in a movie theater as the world begins to talk about what we're doing and what we're accomplishing. The thing that this cup represents and we're going to do this together is this represents the cup of suffering. I'm not going to tell you a popular message right now But when this movie comes out, they're going to talk about us. But this represents the cup of suffering. Christ said, because they hated me, they're going to hate you. And some of you have never experienced persecution. But as a church, we're stepping into this next season. But I got good news for you. Persecution puts you on the map. And the more they persecute, the more publicity they add to the name of Jesus. And you will begin to see our churches swell like never before. If you think they're full now, I'm telling you, sinners, lost people never have a problem with the power of God. It's only religion. Just bigots it's only prideful people but the lost people are going to flood our church saying I saw this movie come out in Jesus name and I need freedom and I, I need somebody to do this I know there's something in my life so when we take this cup we're taking the cup of suffering and saying we're about to get close church look at me across every campus this is a season I'm speaking very prophetically we must get closer now I'm being serious. I'm speaking like a spiritual father. We must get closer now. Give yourself to each other in relationship. Paul said, as the time of Christ's return grows near and near, gather more and more. It doesn't mean a church service. Pray at each other's houses. Man, I feel the anointing all over me. (laughs) you've got to pray at each other's houses these are your best friends you got to make memories together go to the games together the basketball games the football games wrestling go go together we've got to grow I'm telling you because the Lord is uniting us for this next season you don't understand the church that you attend is very significant in the earth I went out to Stockton, California and there were over 2,000 additional people that came to that service and they begin to come. Their cars were always, they were backed all the way up to the highway and they were calling the church saying, is everything okay? I can't even get off of the highway. So V1, and then I was laying hands and praying for people. And when I got done, they said, I'm V1 Global. You are part of a movement, but you have to give yourself now you have to begin to sacrifice you have to come closer don't let your trauma and your wounds keep you on the outside of what god's calling you into don't look down on yourself and disqualify yourself oh but pastor mike i have broken english so what you speak your language to your people because v1 is many tribes coming together oh pastor mike i'm not like this person good because god wants you to come closer So this cup that we're about to take is Jesus prayed one prayer. He said, God, I pray that they would be one. So this is what it is. When we flood into the movie theaters, we're saying we are one. When we flood into our workplaces tomorrow, we are one. God's presence has met us there. When we go to the breakers conference and and you see people from all over the world that fly out. And you see the Wellmont Theater packed all, it's gonna be double and a half what last year's conference was, and that's singing a lot. And you see those people fill it up, you're gonna say, wow, God, we are one in the spirit. We're joined together. Whether you go to Miami, we're one. I was in Bakersfield, California, where we have a group with Crystal and Wesley, and there's actually a brewery it's the same pattern. I already filmed the promotions. There's a brewery that said we will let you guys do Easter Sunday here as V1 Church for $100. So I was in Bakersfield, California where we already have 100 people out there and I filled it. I said, what's up guys? I'm here in Bakersfield, California. It's V1 Church coming at you this Easter. We're going to fill this brewery. So I'm standing in a bar. We turned into a church. We got a brewery in Bakersfield, California. We're flipping to a church. V1 Indiana came out of a bar and now we're in a building. New York City actually has pipe and drape they had to install to hide all the Jack Daniels in the bar behind them. but God is trying to say the new wine of my spirit is flowing. My people will drink the wine. My people will be intoxicated with my love. The vineyard flows from the east to the west. The vineyard of God. Oh, when you take this blood, when you drink of this cup, it's the wine of his spirit that intoxicates you and said, I don't know why I witnessed to my friends like that. It must be the wine of his spirit. You used to blame things on alcohol. Blame things on the wine of his spirit hear it in this next season are you ready to be one mark my words mark my words there will be documentaries there will be movies about this season that you've just entered i was in miami and pure Flix reached out and said, we're doing a documentary. Can you be in the Pure Flix documentary? They showed up. They saw Pastor Eddie. They saw Pastor Patrick, Pastor Natalie. They saw Bella. And they said, you know what? Can we just film all of you guys? Can you all be in it? See, that, it's not about me. It's about what God's doing through all of us pastor natalie was thrown down pastor eddie was thrown down and the guy trying to interview us on film while we're talking the anointing came down so strong the guy doing the interview started going like this and he was getting woozy and he was like and then when it was over he was like i could not hardly even stay up while these people were ministering because the power of god was so strong you see what's happening so you're in it and you play a very important part